This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of space. Slips a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Kelly Davis, wide open. Davis. Still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know and that's <laughs> the q Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And we are reviewing the very first action for the new Jets draft class 2021 they had their first rookie mini camp this past weekend, and to talk about it, one of the few people that was there to cover it, our friend covering the New York Jets for NorthJersey.com, Mr. Andy Vasquez. Andy, what's going on, sir? Not much, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. The weather is getting better, although Jamie and Sherwood is not quite adjusted to that yet. I saw that he's still coming to grips with the fact that it's a little cooler here than it is back home. Yeah, he's going to enjoy... Uh... He's going to really enjoy November and December if 57 <laughs> degrees is is causing him alarm. <laughs> but, you know, we can worry about that when we get there. At least, you know, he'll gradually be able to work his way into it. So let's talk about the first major story here. And that, of course, is Zach Wilson. What did you see from him? I know that they limited your access and we'll get to that a little bit later. But first, overall first impression. Tell me about some of the things you saw with him just throwing in pads and then also how he came across in interviews and the overall first impression that he left for everybody his first few days as a New York Jet. Yeah, so the the overall vibe, and we'll start there because I think that is the the honestly the most substa- substantial thing you can take away from this weekend because you know this is basically one of those things where unless he's alarmingly bad it's hard to gain much insight just because you know there's no pressure from defenses there's no cornerbacks on the field covering the receivers he's throwing to for the most part Uh, so it's it's and he was he's been drafted you know eight days after or before he takes the field so it's not like he knows the playbook if he had done really well 
or really poorly. I, I don't think it's significant to his overall story here in any way. So he passed the, the test in terms of being able to throw footballs and drills, and he looked very good doing it. And that's not news. That's uh, what you would expect out of the number two pick of the draft. What I did like is his presence and his kind of just command of the whole situation. I mean, he did say that it was overwhelming and, and he was contemplating really all week, this surrealness of the situation and how quickly your life can change is what he said. It's incredible how quickly it can happen, but he looked really comfortable, really confident. Um, he did not look like a guy who didn't belong. I mean, and again, you should expect that, but, but it was some, there was something else. There was something more to it. It was, there's a swagger and, you know, a confidence there that, you know, I haven't seen from a quarterback at really any stage of their career with the jets so far. Um, and I don't know how to describe it. I wish I could describe it better. I'm a writer. I should be able to, but it's just kind of a feel and a sense. And um, it just felt natural and looked like he belonged it doesn't mean anything, but it, it, it can't be a bad thing. So that stuck out to me. And, and just overall, the way he, he's a pretty thoughtful guy and and he doesn't, when you ask him a question, he puts some thought into it and, and tries to, at least I hope give you something that, that provides some insight. So I I liked all of that, that we saw from him. And, and I don't know if we're getting this later, but he's, definitely impressed his teammates and made a, a real effort from the beginning to reach out to them and, and not just on like a superficial level, but, but to connect with them. And there were several examples of that. So I think all of that stuff, um, when you see what the jets are trying to build here with the character in the locker room um, and you mix it with his obvious football ability. I mean, I think that's pretty encouraging start, but you know, we got a long way to go and, and, a long way before we know what what this guy really is and what he's about. Andy, let's talk a little bit about what you just mentioned, which is his attempts to already build chemistry with the rest of the guys around him. What did you hear about that over the last couple of days? Well, yeah, it was it was we didn't talk to to Zach until Saturday. So on Friday, we talked to some of the other offensive rookies, uh, like Moore and Carter, and both of them said that. Moore first said that, you know, he reached out right after the draft and then started sharing highlights of him on social media uh, and then sharing with each other highlights and and talking about, you know, how they can play to each other's strengths, which uh, that's pretty cool thing to do. And then Carter had a similar experience with, with him. And both guys said that like, they already believe him as a leader, which I just, I don't remember hearing stuff like that this early before. And again, it doesn't mean much, but it's an encouraging sign. With, with, with Elijah Moore, he said that they talked almost every, they've talked almost every day and that, you know, he sees him as a general. That's, that's the way he, he looked at it as a leader and a guy who's going to be really hands-on and not afraid to speak up. And then uh, Michael Carter said, the running back Michael Carter said that, Wilson is kind of like one of those guys that you know has your best interests in mind and is going to, you know, he wants the best for you, which, I mean, to know that about somebody within a week, that's a pretty powerful connection that 
impression that he's made. So, I mean, those were the two guys that jumped out, but he also said he's talked to Quinn and Williams. He's talked to Chris Herndon. He's talked to Denzel Mims. He's talked to, um, uh, gosh, I'm forgetting now, but you know, a bunch of other guys, Corey Davis. Um, and he said, it's cool that some of the guys that reached out to him, he'd reached out to some of the other guys. And, and that's, that's the thing that he's focusing on right now because, you know, he thinks that in order for them to reach their potential, he has to have these good relationships with his teammates. So I, I think that is a good thing. And it's, it's not to say that it wasn't done before, but it wasn't something that players mentioned so quickly and prominently before. So I thought again, that that was something that Jets fans should be encouraged by and, and something that'll be interesting to kind of watch going forward to see how much of a leader he is in this first year. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Andy, you brought up Elijah Moore, and I love this quote from Robert Sala. He called Elijah Moore a little jitterbug. Now, obviously, nobody was really covering him on these practice plays, and it's not like he had somebody trying to take his head off and nobody was in Zach Wilson's face, but you did get to see a little bit of a taste of that route running that a lot of us has said makes Elijah Moore a potentially special wide receiver up close. You could really tell the difference, right? Yeah. I mean, first of all, the speed is very apparent uh, as you would think it would be. He's, he's fast. And I think he gets up to speed pretty quickly. He's also, you know, you could see he's very precise with his route running. There was a route, a, a drag route where he stopped and it was designed that way. And he, I mean, he was, his footwork was really good and, it, it was one of the last plays that we saw uh, on Saturday. And it was, it was a really good example of, you know, how quickly he can change direction. And um, you can kind of see, even though nobody was on the field, like the way Wilson led him with the pass, it was very subtle, but it, it made it very easy for him to turn. And, and perhaps it would have gone for a big play in the right situation in a game. So, you know, you can see all of that, that skill there. And, and then, he is a very impressive guy just in terms of confidence and, and knowing, you know, what he wants to do and the role he wants to play and being open. I mean, Wilson, one of the things he said about him is that he's obviously got all these physical skills and he, Wilson couldn't pick like one thing to focus on as a strength for him. So he, he picked a bunch of stuff. He listed the physical skills, but he said just as important as that is that he wants to learn and get better. And he, he kind of views the game like a quarterback. He wants to understand why the defensive lineman is doing this or why the offensive lineman is doing this or why some something that has nothing to do with him in the play is happening just in case it kind of unlocks something for him. And, and, and Wilson called that one of the most valuable things about him. So I thought that was interesting and, and, and uh, you know, something that was insightful and something to watch going forward. Robert Sala spoke a lot about a variety of different subjects. He mentioned Marcus May. He mentioned Quinnen Williams. Talked, obviously, about the rookies that were in attendance. What were some of the highlights from what the coach had to say? Sure. So we'll start with Quinnen. He basically he confirmed that he had surgery, said the surgery was a success. And then he said that, first he said, like, I'm, I think he'll be ready for training camp. And then later he was a little bit more forceful about that. It, the interesting thing on that injury that he said was that it, it was one of those things that was going to happen at some point. 
I'm guessing they didn't know it until it happened, but uh, just probably it was the way the his body is and, and the bone. I covered basketball for years, and, and the same thing happened when several big men, you know, had injuries in their foot to one of the metatarsals. We obviously don't know the specific injury with Quinnen, so that that makes sense. But what Salah said is that it could have happened at any time. So if it, if it happens in training camp, he's missing half the season. If it had to happen any time, you know, obviously January 1st or, or 5th, whatever would have been the best day, but for it to happen now and for him likely to be back for training camp, that that's a, a good thing. And it's not ideal because he would have benefited from, you know, some hands-on work with, with his new role before training camp. But, I don't think it's it's something that bears watching, but I don't think it's too alarming at this point, and, and I generally agree with that. He also uh, talked about Marcus May, and he was pretty definitive and effusive in his praise for, for May. I mean, he was asked specifically about the contract situation, and, and he said, you, you guys know how I feel about this. Um, I want these players to get rewarded, and I feel like they deserve – whatever they think they're worth or or they deserve to be able to ask whatever they think they're worth. And I respect that process immensely. And especially for a guy like Marcus who has done the right thing. So if the jets don't intend on extending him, um, that that's something to kind of watch out for, because if you just don't generally hear a coach speaking that effusively uh, and basically saying that he thinks they should resign them. I mean, I, I think he would dispute my characterization of that, but it it sounded like an endorsement. So I, I just I wasn't sure if the Jets were serious about getting extension done right now because I don't think they really they have the leverage and I don't think they have to until after this year. But um, I might be wrong. So after listening to him, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. As we've heard before, words don't really matter it's it's about as we've seen before it's about what happens but that was that was something that was interesting to me um and just overall the way sala kind of operates we're getting more of a sense for that i, I think he does a good job of, of being transparent and being as honest as he can be um he definitely is not enjoying the focus being on one player like wilson and and several times tried to transition questions about Wilson back to the entire team. And and obviously I think part of that is because he genuinely thinks that way as a coach. And I think that's why he's had so much success in getting the most out of some guys. But also I think it's an effort to take some of the heat off of Wilson and uh, you know, that's nice, but you know, it just means we'll be more specific with our questions and, when he was asked specifically about Wilson, he he would give good answers about that. Uh, so I just think it, it's going to be on us as reporters to kind of be more direct when we ask stuff to get you know those answers, not not just the coach speak. As far as transparency goes, he seems to be fairly open with you guys as to why he limited your access this weekend, right? Yeah, and I and I appreciated that, and I thought it was a reasonable and acceptable answer. And I, I have no problem with it. I'll, I'll just get through it. I'll just explain the situation. Um, typically when the jets have had rookie mini camp previously, we were out there the entire time for the, for the entire two hour practice and saw everything. So it would usually be 
uh, warm-ups, some special teams, a lot of individual drills, and then it would end, the practice would end with team drills, pretty standard stuff, where you'd get to see seven on seven and occasionally 11 on 11. Um, it wasn't ex ever high quality stuff, especially at rookie minicamp, because, you know, there's like, you got the eight or nine draft picks and 20 or 40 undrafted free agents and tryout guys. So there was a lot of sloppy football. But but we weren't allowed this time. Uh, initially, we were only going to be out there for 30 minutes. Um, they ended up letting us be out there for an hour, but basically left right before the team drill stuff. So we weren't able to see him go up against any sort of defense. Uh, and Salas explained that the reason behind that was it wasn't just about Wilson. It's about everybody. The fact that, you know, these guys got drafted a week ago. They're not in the playbook. They're going to you know, kind of throw some stuff at them and they think it's going to be sloppy and they just didn't see the point of having those guys do that under public scrutiny when there's going to be more opportunities for them to do that really in the next few weeks. And I have, I have no problem with that. I think it actually will make when we get to see those things, it'll be more relevant because it won't be about shaking off the rust. It won't be about, you know, lear learning the playbook from scratch, it'll be where, where is he actually at? And it doesn't matter if he'd come out and stunk it up in rookie minicamp, that's not going to tell his story. Uh, it's going to have no bearing on his career whatsoever. It means nothing. Uh, it, it could have been for any number of reasons. So um, I just don't think it's super useful for us to hang on every single it's probably not even useful, going to be useful in OTAs or minicamp either because it's so early. I think once we get to training camp, maybe we can take some stock and that kind of stuff. But I, I don't think, if anything, there's going to be a little bit more pressure on them now when that moment comes. And Salah said, you know, you can't hide these guys. If you try to, you're wasting your time. And he's that's not the intent. It was just maybe giving a little bit of an easier landing strip, and I have no problem with that. And, and I appreciated the explanation. Beyond how Robert Salah handled the media in these first few days, what was your overall first impression from watching Salah and the coaching staff at work for the first time? Uh, so two things. First, the the players like him a lot. I mean, every single one of them basically like smiled uh, and said, you know, I yeah, I, I'm down with this guy. This, this guy's great right away when we asked. So I, I thought that was interesting. Um, again, it, he's not here for the players to like him. He's here to win games. So we'll see what that translates into. But I think what it does tell us is that a lot of these guys have already bought into like what they're selling and their vision moving forward. And that, that is a good thing. And then on the practice field, it's, he's pretty stoic. And I, this is, these aren't real practices yet. So I, I don't want to read too much into that. But it's more of like his press conference demeanor than that demeanor you would see on the field for the 49ers or like even that demeanor you saw in the draft room last week with those calls that the Jets put out where he his excitement was kind of contagious. Like I think a lot of that stuff is probably happening in the meeting rooms behind closed doors and stuff. But on the field, it's very clear that like he's there, to, they're there to work and he's overseeing it all and, and, you know, watching closely, but it wasn't like some raw, raw performance. It, it was very, 
you know, controlled and organized. And um, you know, I, I when I saw him offering reinforcement or or you know feedback, it seemed to be mostly of the positive nature. Um, but I also wa- I saw him quietly watching a lot of a lot of what was happening. So it was interesting, and it was definitely different uh, than some of the things we've seen before. But th- yeah, those were those were two of my big first impressions. Michael Carter the second, not Michael Carter the first, had some interesting comments when asked about where he thought he'd fit in the defense. Mentioned playing some nickel and some safety, and I thought it was fascinating that right after. He mentioned Honey Badger being somebody that he tried to pattern his game after, and that was posted on Twitter. Honey Badger himself, Tyron Matthew, responded by saying that he was honored, and he remembers himself looking up to Patrick Peterson. So pretty nice endorsement there from Tyron Matthew, who I assume now is going to have his eye on young Michael Carter II. Yeah, that's a pretty cool moment, and I'm sure it's cool for him to know that you know, a guy like honey badger was modeling himself after someone and and reached a similar standard so uh, obviously it's much more of a long shot for him to do that but i you know he might get an opportunity here to, to really get some play this first year um they he said that the, the jets on draft after they drafted him they said that they viewed him as a nickel and uh you know a safety kind of guy but he said that he's been working more at, at in the corner to start and that he wants he's going to master that before he switches to the next thing so I, I think there's a chance he's going to get a look just because of the Jets roster situation at, at having a real role there uh, it's not to say they won't bring in someone else but but that's clearly what they're going to do with him to start and and it's something to watch moving forward for sure Every year when these players get drafted, people wait with bated breath to see which numbers they're going to choose so that if somebody wants to buy the jersey, they know which number to go and get. Looks like Zach Wilson has chosen a number. Yeah, so he said it's not final yet, but he admitted that he's leaning toward the number he wore during these rookie minicamp practices, which is number two. And that's different from what he wore in college, which was, I believe, it was 11 at the end and, and one at the beginning. He said he's a he wants to switch it up. B he thinks single digits look cool. Uh, C he likes you know that he that he's wearing number two is the number two pick in the draft. I guess there's some symmetry there. So he thought that was cool. And then the most important answer, I, I just think it's a cool number, is what he said. So that's that's the detailed breakdown of of why he's probably going to choose number two. So I think if you want to you know, order one of those jerseys customized because they're clearly not on sale. It's, it's a good, it's a good bet that it'll stay that, but there's still some wiggle room there and you never know. Maybe, maybe somebody else really wants number two. I think it would probably be pretty hard for them to get it though. Um, But you never know. So I don't want to tell people to go out and spend their hard earned money, but I can tell you what he said. And he said that I think I'm going to go with that one. So we will see. Andy, anything else we missed? Um, I don't think really. There were a couple other notes I had on Wilson here that I'll just some insights and thoughts about things that he said that I'll that I'll get into. Uh, he was asked if he wants to be the starter or if how important it is for him to be the starter because you know he started from the beginning pretty much at, at BYU and obviously all in high school. And, and he said, and I like this answer. He said that. 
it's obviously important, but it's not my focus right now. I'm, I'm focused on trying to learn the playbook and get to know my teammates and, and put them in the best position and, and put myself in the best position to succeed because that'll take care of itself. Um, so yeah, it's not my focus. This, this is my focus is, is getting to know this. And, and, and that's the right answer. You said, you know, every team is going to want to put their best player out there at, at this position. So if I do that, it'll take care of itself. And, and I thought that was like a good mix of confidence, but also, you know, understanding that there's work to be done, a lot of work to be done before that can happen. So I, I like that. And then he also talked about what it was like, um, you know, being here and, you know, it's a big change for him. I mean, he'd been to New York a couple of times, but I don't think he spent much time in this area of the country. Um, and he, he said, you know, that, that he likes it here and it was different than what he thought it would be. I mean, and I, I can see that everybody kind of thinks you're coming to play for the jets and you're going to be in this urban environment, but you know, foreign park is 45 minutes out there and there's room to do stuff. And uh, it was interesting because he was asked about like, if he did some research on the jets and their history and what he thought about it. And he, he pretty savvily shifted to this answer, which was, you know, yeah, I, I did some of that, but like really like, what's made an impression on me is this whole area and how like green it is and pretty and how much, you know, you, you don't, you can get into the city easily if you want to, but you know, you, you can live out here in the suburbs and, and focus on football as much as you can. You don't have to, there don't have to be distractions. Um, so I thought that was a, a savvy pivot away from a question that was trying to get him into the history of the jets. And, and and an interesting insight about, you know, the working environment that he's coming into and, and the way he thinks. So those were a couple more things that jumped out at me. And, and I thought that's where we got some real insight this weekend on just kind of what, what he's about, what he's going to be like uh, as, a, as a person in, in this role moving forward. And, and it's not an easy situation to be in, as, as many guys before him have proven, but this was a good start. Andy Vasquez covering the Jets for NorthJersey.com. Thanks so much for coming on. As always, really appreciate it. NorthJersey.com has a great deal right now. $1 gets you six months of unlimited access to NorthJersey.com. So you get all the great local journalism, including everything Andy's working on. A lot of what Andy does is for free. Some of it's behind the paywall, but it's only $1 to get six months of everything, and then you won't have to worry about the number of clicks that you used up each month. So, Andy, talk a little bit about what people can find when they take advantage of that deal and what you're working on coming up. Yeah, well, I've, I've just got a kind of a recap of some of the big picture things we learned this week um, about Zach Wilson and the other Jets rookies at Rookie Minicamp, and you can check that out on Monday morning at NorthJersey.com. We'll also have a full breakdown of the schedule and the Jets opponents when that's released on Wednesday. So check all of that out. And I'm sure I, I'll uh, take a very, very, very early uh, shot at, at how the Jets will fare with their 17 game schedule this year. So that will be interesting and probably something that you guys can tweet at me and make fun of me about at some date in the future. Cause um you know, it's pretty hard to, to predict <laughs> these things in, in April and, or May, whatever month it is now. So, yeah, we, we'll have that. And then obviously moving forward in, in, the, in the coming month, full coverage of, of OTAs and, and mandatory minicamp 
before they shut it down uh, before training camp, which really isn't that far away now. So pretty, pretty interesting. We're moving rapidly toward the good stuff and we're going to start to get some answers here and it's going to be interesting. Going to be a season that Jets fans are looking forward to more than any season, probably since Darnold came in here in 2018. People were amped up to watch him in his rookie year, and people will be very excited to watch Zach Wilson and the rest of this rookie class coming in here once training camp gets started in July and then, of course, into the season, preseason in August and the regular season in September. So make sure you're checking out everything Andy's doing over at NorthJersey.com and check out everything we're doing over at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Brand new episode of Pace's Playbook with Kayla Pace is up. We've got video breakdowns of Elijah Moore and Michael Carter from Luke Grant and a whole lot more so subscribe to our youtube channel and check it out if you haven't already and make sure that you give us a five-star review on itunes if you haven't done that already easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcast and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.com <laughs>